Good evening, Bards Nation. How is everybody doing tonight? It is Tuesday, February 21, where I am, but it is the 22nd, I guess, on the East Coast right now, and I am very thankful to be here with all of you. Guys, this is Fishers of Men. I will be covering for Scott during this week while he is gone, as well as Bended Knee and helping him run uh, Bards FM as well. So I am thinking about purchasing myself a nice little exercise bike so I can sit here and get a little bit of exercise while I'm doing these shows back to back to back. But I am also very thankful to be here with every one of you guys. Just another great excuse to hang out with the family. So earlier today on Bended Knee, my original topic was actually going to be the miracles of Jesus, which is a topic I think we could all really get into because there was some wonderful things that he did in scripture. But as I put all of this together, all the different scriptures and stuff that talked about the miracles of Jesus, I realized that Bended Knee 30 minutes is not going to be enough time. So I ended up talking about the uh, what happened to the disciples after Jesus. It was a great conversation tomorrow from Bended Knee. I will be talking about on um, the story of Paul, which I find to be one of the great stories. My favorite about Jesus, but I also love the stories about Paul. And then uh, Thursday night, I'm going to have Punky joining us for Fishers of Men. So we will have a guest, um, a great guest on for uh, Thursday night. I am really looking forward to that conversation. And then Scott will also be having Punky back on to talk about what he's doing in her show as well. So I'm thankful that she agreed to that and that Scott is excited as well. So Scott's having a wonderful time. Cannot wait for him to come back and tell you some of the stories that, that I have talked about, some of the people that he is meeting. Unbelievable stories. Um, Scott always has the greatest adventures, I'll tell you, and some of the greatest stories um, for the people that he meets. Um, if you guys did not get a chance earlier, um, I just had a phenomenal interview with uh, Dustin Nemos on Kilted Christian. Definitely worked um, and checking out that show because he is just a bundle of knowledge, just not only about how he found scripture, scripture itself, but um, the news and what's transpiring around the world in general. Absolutely great conversation. So before we get into tonight's um, topic on the miracles of Jesus, I have one of my videos that I'm going to play. It's a short one, two minutes and 15 seconds, but I found it to be very appropriate for this one, speaking of the miracles of Jesus. So I have played this before. Um, I think I'm bended knee, but I'm going to play it for you one more time, guys. Most people don't mind hearing this one again, so. As 2020 has been one headache after another, it is a pleasure to find the smallest taste of inspiration. Often these inspirations are well-timed, as the one I am about to share with you was for me. I cannot take credit for this story, and I wish that I could give credit to whom it is due. However, it is too beautiful of an analogy not to share with you during these odd times, and I hope I do it justice. In my hands, a football is useless, and only worth the $30 it takes to purchase from a Walmart. In the hands of Tom Brady, it is worth millions. In my hands, a basketball is only worth a few hours of fun and the $20 it cost me to obtain it. But in the hands of Michael Jordan, it's worth $20 million. In my hands, a golf club is worth about $50, a day of cursing, and about $30 worth of balls lost in a lake. However, in the hands of Tiger Woods, that same club is worth $100 million. If I have a staff in my hand, I can use it to hike and maybe keep a snake at distance. But that same staff in the hands of Moses can part the Red Sea. Put a slingshot in my hand and I may catch a squirrel for dinner, but in the hands of King David, he could slay a giant. Bread and fish in my hands could feed me and my mother, but you put that same fish and bread in the hands of Christ and he can feed thousands. If I had a few nails in my hands, I may be able to build a bench or repair a house, but you put those same nails in the hands of Jesus and you receive eternal life and salvation. The worth and accomplishments all depend on whose hand it is in. 
We as humans are fallible, vulnerable, and fragile sinners. We get caught up in the turmoil of our current state, becoming angry, depressed, and confused. We suffer mood swings and a daily roller coaster of emotions that often leave us feeling hopeless. As long as these emotions stay in our hands, that's all they will ever be. But in the hands of God, we will be free from the darkness that surrounds us, see the truth behind the veil, become what we are meant to be, and flourish in the love that God has bestowed. So I made that one a couple of years ago. Um, it's one of my favorite ones. This is one that, that literally if I was working on the video, God stopped me and had me work on that one right there. And it's called In the Right Hands. And if you guys are ever interested, um, all of my recordings are actually videos um, under Pains Angels 2. Somebody took my name, Pains Angels. So it's Pains Angels 2 on Rumble. So if you guys um, ever get bored one day and you want to go catch up on some of the old Pains Angels videos that I've worked on throughout the years, you can rubble and i have about 75 more that i still need to load up so i will get to that eventually but it takes so long to load stuff but anyways guys um i tell you my progression um doing video making started off very very political um i kind of most of my stuff my earlier videos were all political videos because that was kind of my focus and then as i got closer to god you can see the transformation of what pain's angels is and pain's angels went from being almost all um, political videos to being almost all scriptural and talking about my journey and just things that I, questions that I had people pose to me um, about Christ. And I, I started focusing all of my Pains Angels videos on that. A couple of more that are in the works right now that I will be getting out soon. Um, I just got to find time to do it, but I'm really looking forward to getting back to that because nothing makes me feel better than doing the work that I feel like God's having me do. And like I said, politics is so unimportant right now compared to the importance of finding that relationship with Christ. So telling the stories, each one of us have phenomenal stories, phenomenal testimonies. Um, a great example, um, the guest that I had on earlier, um, Dustin Emos, a non-believer his entire life. He was a phenomenal researcher, and that's what he spent his life doing, journalism, political research, and so forth. And one day, he opened Scripture up, and he opened it to prove that Scripture was not real, to prove that Scripture didn't have a standing. But what ended up happening was he ended up finding that Scripture was 100% real, historically proven. His research led him to God, and now he is an open and a very— um, a Christian who was on the move trying to help wake people up. And it just shows you the power of the Lord Almighty, how he wakes us up in different ways. And he gives us this ability through our testimonies to help wake other people up, people that, that I can't help. Um, Dustin will be able to help. Um, people that Dustin can't help, Livin can help, Punky can help, um, and so forth. All of you have this wonderful testimony that has a significance to some over others. And that is the brilliance of what God has done by waking us up and bringing us together so that we can spread this gospel. We can tell our testimonies. Um, one of the greatest shows that I think, one of my favorite shows right now, um, is Flightwork Mary's Ron Johnson and Burke with the official Godcast is because they spend that time allowing people to tell their testimonies, which has such a power. It helped my own father, um, where I was having trouble a lot of my life, especially recently. And I got the opportunity on the show. Um, I'd already accepted God, but I accepted God on their show so that I could show my father that it wasn't just talk. It was actions. And that's the kind of person my dad is. And he is now having this conversation with me that would not have been possible if it wasn't for their show. Not even my show, their show. 
And this is the thing. Everyone is coming together. God is giving us all different purposes, whether it be podcasts, whether it be making videos, whether it be, you know, spreading the gospel on social media, talking about God, mentioning Jesus's name. Everything that we do right now for Jesus has so much importance to it. And we all have a certain ability to wake up some where others don't have that ability. So, you know, I hear people a lot, you know, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Well, here's the thing. God gave us all different abilities. He gave us different skills so that we weren't in an echo chamber, so that we were accomplishing different things. And every one of us has been bestowed a gift by the Lord Almighty that is a very useful tool right now in what we're dealing with throughout this chaos. So as I say all the time to everyone, there's no generals. There's only one general in this war, and that general is the Lord Almighty in heaven. Everyone else is on an equal scale down here. None of us are better than the other. None of us are lesser than the other. We all have an impact that we can make separately, which is for the greater good, and that is God's army right now. So all of you out there, don't ever think because you don't have an ability that someone else has, God gave you an ability that he did not give me, that he did not give others. And that's what makes this army so brilliant and so powerful is that he has this all working. As I always like to say, God put his aces in their places and he knew exactly what he was doing when he, when he dealt that hand. He knew us all before we were in our mother's womb, you know, and a lot of people, you know, don't believe in the destiny. I feel like God, um, you know, cause we do have free will. We do have choice, but I feel like God gives us these missions to go on and our choices to accept it or not. But if God sends me on a mission, oh, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that he chose me for something. And all of us are the same way. God chooses us for different purposes every single day, whether you realize it or not. You have an influence on people, an inspiration that you don't realize that just goes out beyond our reach more than we will ever see. And that's such a beautiful thing. So... Tonight, I'm going to talk about the miracles of Jesus. And I love talking about Jesus. I love this, the miracles. Um, he's created so many miracles. In my opinion, one of the greatest miracles happened, well, not just after his death when he, when he rose back up from the grave, but the fact that we're still talking about Scripture and the words of Jesus, the red letters. We're talking about this 2,000 years later. We are spreading gospel still. We are gathered right here. I'm 82 people in this room right now, you know, and this is all because of our commitment and our love for God coming together to talk about him. That to me is a miracle in its own that throughout 2000 years, our scripture holds firm to this day. The only truth that I truly believe is true in this world is in scripture. And we are still talking about it. That's absolutely a miracle in itself. So as I was going through, I'm um, kind of putting all of these scriptures together. I came across one. It was um, John 21, 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them was written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And what was he referring to? He was referring to the miracles of Jesus. So as I was saying, I was going to do this show earlier today, but there were so many miracles. I couldn't fit it into the 30 minute time slot. So then you go and you read that John 21, 25, and you find out that all the miracles that Jesus performed that are written in Scripture weren't even a small portion of the miracles that Jesus Christ actually created. Many of these things weren't written down because just like John says in uh, 21, 25, that I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. That's a lot of miracles. And I'm about to read some of them to you right now. And like I said, it's just amazing to me that there was so much more than, you know, and I hope we get to see these miracles or know these miracles one day. 
So the miracle of Jesus with the scripture in this text is recorded in the New Testament. This is an extensive list that I put together of miracles completed by Jesus Christ. And I'm sure I'm not even going to get to all of them, but we're going to get to some. So first, John 2, 1 through 11, Jesus changed water into wine. I think that's probably of all of the miracles that were created other than Jesus um, being resurrected was Jesus changing water into wine. That's probably the one of the most common, even Christ or people that I wouldn't call Christians or don't aren't Christians themselves still know the story of Jesus changing water into wine. So on the third day of a wedding that took place that was in Cana in Galilee, Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said that the servants do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind that are used um, by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding them 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew um, where this had come from. Then he called onto the bridge or to the bride's groom um, aside and said, everyone brings out choice wine first and then cheaper wine after guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs um, which he had revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So that was kind of one of the originals. And there's more that come in, more miracles that were created because of that. And I will get to that here in a moment because people knew about the story of Jesus turning the water into wine and other miracles were asked of Christ because of what they had already knew that he had done on that night. So next we have John um, 4, 46 to 47, Jesus cured the nobleman's son. Once more, um, he visited Cana in Galilee, which is where the water to wine took place. Where, um, and he said that there are certain royal official whose son lay sick at the Capernaum. Um, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee and Judea, um, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. So that was number two. And like I said, is the miracle was asked upon Christ was because they had already knew about the miracle that he had done when he had changed the uh, water to wine. And that kind of instigated this miracle being asked upon him. So next we have the great hall of fishes, which is Luke 5, 1 through 11. And that was one day Jesus was standing by the lake of uh, Genesaret and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left here by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who was Peter, and asked him to put out a little sh um, from shore. Then he sat and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let the nets, um, set the nets out for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will down these nets. Then he, had, then he did so. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in another boat to come and help them out due to the, the large amounts of fish. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he 
and his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's part, who were Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, left everything and followed him. So that's another one great um, example as to the miracle of Jesus. And th there was like multiple miracles because not only did people get to see the actual miracle of all of those fish after it had a drought of fish, basically it couldn't do any fishing. They weren't getting anything. Jesus comes along, tells them to put their nets down, catches all this fish. But the other miracle, the people immediately realizing, you know, once again, the miracles that Jesus can perform. And then more miracles would come from that eventually because of the impact that these men that were there experiencing this, these fishermen would go on and spread the word of Christ, another miracle in itself. So number five that I've got here on my list is Jesus cured Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. This is Mark 1, 30 through 31. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and he helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. So once again, the power of Christ. And that's one thing, you know, is that Christ had mentioned, you know, in scripture is that, you know, see what I do and go off and do greater things than myself, you know, and Jesus talked about moving mountains. He talked about healing people, raising people from, you know, um, do we have this ability? That's one thing that I've always asked myself is when Jesus said, you know, learn what I do and go off and do greater things than myself is, you know, those are some valuable lessons. And, and a lot of people, you know, when they talk about Christ, they talk about the sacrifice, they talk about the resurrection. Um, but I don't hear in, my, in the churches that I've gone to, I don't hear much about the lessons. And Christ was teaching us so many valuable tools throughout the entire scripture. And, you know, we haven't really focused on that because we do, we have the ability to move mountains. And a lot of this too, as I wondered, you know, growing up and reading is, and I'm sure some of you may have the same issue that I had is understanding the difference between um, what in Bible was metaphor and what in the Bible was literal. And, you know, as growing up, you know, one of the things that I say, you know, I always wondered if the seven headed dragon, the beast that they talk about in Revelation, is it literal or is it a metaphor? And, you know, because I always thought that maybe those heads represented countries and, you know, there was something significant behind that. But chances are we're going to, this is like more than literal things that we're going to see um, coming up in the future, the beast walk in this earth, the Nephilim and all these other things, you know? So as I'm, I'm getting more and more into scripture, I'm realizing that there was less metaphor and more literal speak than, than I had ever understood before. So it's just interesting. The more you get into scripture, the more you learn, the more you become focused on these things and the more you understand. So number, the next one I have is Jesus healed a leper. This is Mark 140 through 45. A man with leprosy came to him. And he begged him on his knees, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. Go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing at a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. And I'd imagine part of the reason that he couldn't go back into that town is because people at that time just thought that it, they were, it was heresy. This was, um, you know, that Jesus wasn't who they claimed him to be. The people that were claiming that he was 
was the Messiah and who he was and telling the miracles that he had performed. They just thought he was a heretic and a crazy man. So they probably just excommunicated him. They, they probably threatened him when he walked into town. But the brilliance of this is yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Power of Jesus. Jesus doesn't have to walk in there. People will walk to him. And we're seeing that more and more every day in our lives. Is it are people that are walking to him? Jesus has left. He's ascended. He's in heaven at this point, waiting for his next arrival here on this earth. Yet people are coming to him, even today, 2,000 years down the road. So Jesus healed the centurion servant. This is Matthew 8, 5 through 13. So when Jesus had entered um, Capernaum, um, a centurion came to him, asked for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to the servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you, that many will come from the east and the west, and I will take their places at the feast with Abram, or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of this kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done, just as you believed it, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. So another great aspect of another wonderful miracle that people just couldn't do like i said it, these these miracles are undeniable and this is why a lot of people were going to jesus you know what i'm saying they wouldn't let him in some of these towns but people taking him out so that they could see this stuff for themselves and hear the words that he would preach jesus didn't go into the churches he went out to the world he went into the people that needed to hear him he could have spent all of his time with the righteous people but it would have been an echo chamber. So where did he do? He went out with the prostitutes. He went out with the thieves. He went out with the people that needed to hear his word and needed to know who he was. And that is why Jesus did what he did. And I, I've argued with some people, um, a lot of the liberals that just that claim that they know the Bible, but they obviously nothing about the Bible, kind of yelled at me the other day saying, hey, Jesus hung out with sinners. You know what I'm saying? That's who he was. He would have been hanging out with the LGBTQ. And I'm like, the argument you're making isn't what you think it is. Jesus hung out with them because they needed him. He wasn't hanging out with them being buddy-buddy. He was hanging out and bringing the word and, under, and letting them understand that you need to let go of your sins and, and paying attention to the old laws. And, you know, like, so it, it, we've gotten to the point where people are taking scripture and trying to make it seem um, or make it sound like what they want to and you know just like the other day i've heard people trying to say that jesus was transgender all from a painting that had been done probably 800 years after jesus left this earth you know so it was somebody who painted a picture from his own imagination and from that painting they're like oh well he's very feminine and skinny he must be transgender like no it was a painting by a man 800 years later had nothing to do with it the guy never saw jesus himself same thing as i I played a video for you last night, I believe, of a lady who was trying to go through scripture and trying to say, hey, transgender and LGBTQ is all part of it. And she was like literally throwing out scripture completely wrong. But this is the problem right now is that many people are in these churches being deceived 
and they don't realize that they're being deceived. And that's the importance um, that Jeff always says that I always kind of reconfirm is that it's important for you to read scripture yourself. You know, it is good to have conversations with other people and to listen, but don't put all your eggs in one basket because if you end up, I say the most dangerous people on this earth right now are the fake apostles and churches who have a congregation of 500 people that they are misleading and basically damning. And the blood of every one of those people are going to be on the hands of that false prophet, that false preacher. They're going to have to deal with this when they get done with it. Um, but our job right now is to reinforce the reality, the truth of Jesus, what Jesus to us. Forget the material stuff. Forget how to have a nice house, have a nice car. We need to focus on the truth. And that is, you know, talking about Christ in our daily lives, explaining to people you know, calling out their sins. You know, it's not bad. It's not judgment to call out sins. Jesus called out sins and he didn't do it because he was picking on you because he loved you. And that's the same thing with us. When we call out sin, it's not because we're hateful. It's because we love you. And, you know, the last thing that we want is for you to be stuck in, in hell because there's, you know, people, a lot of people think that the worst part of hell, you know, going to hell is the torment, the fire and all that other stuff that you hear about. No, the worst thing about hell is you're never going to get to see or talk or hear from Jesus or God again, period. The absence of God is the worst part of hell. So moving on, we had Jesus raised the son from the dead, uh, Luke 7, 11, um, 18. So soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples at a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and he touched her <clears throat> um, and they were, as they were carrying him. And the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared amongst us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countries. So John's disciples told him about all of these things, calling two of them. Oops, sorry, just jumped ahead of my notes. I will be with you guys in one second. Here we go. Um, so uh, he basically um, ended up praising them for what they had done, and they spread this word, and it spread far throughout. So now we have Jesus raised the ruler's daughter from the dead. This is Matthew 9, 18 through 26. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up, and he went with them. And he said to his disciples, just then, um, or he said to them, his disciples, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue, um, the leader's house um, saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside or put outside, he went in and he took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread about the region. So even the miracles of God spread quickly throughout that, because at that point, just imagine people being able to see these and saw these miracles taking place. 
just excitement as that, that spread around the land. And you did have a lot of the people, especially um, in the Romans and the Royals that basically thought that he was just blasphemous, you know, that the people were called, you know, were calling him the Messiah when he wasn't actually Messiah. But many people on the other hand, ended up coming to Christ because of this, because they heard about the miracles and they truly believed it. So next one was Jesus cured a woman of an issue of blood. This is Luke 8, 43, 48. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Actually, I just read that one. Sorry, let me go into the next one. <laughs> so Jesus opened the eyes of two blind men. This is Matthew 9, 27 through 31. As Jesus went on from here, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men had came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And the, their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and they spread the news all about him all over the region. So next one, we had a Jesus um, loosen the tongue of a man who could not speak. This is Matthew 9, 32 through 33. While they were going out, a man who was a demon possessed and could um, not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. The next miracle we have is Jesus healed an invalid man at the pool called Bethesda. This is John 5, 1 through 9. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is a Jerusalem near the sheep gate, um, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered um, colonnades. Here a group number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Um, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for that long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in this pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up the mat and walk. At once the man was cured. And he picked up this mat and walked. The day on which his took place was the Sabbath. So the next miracle we have here is Jesus restored a withered hand. This is Matthew 12, 10 through 13. A man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep, and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. So once again, you know, um, they were asking about the whole Sabbath thing, and, it's, and that was a valid point. You know, how much more? is man worth than a sheep? And if you would go and save a sheep on this day, why wouldn't you save a human? Next one is Jesus cured a demon-possessed man, Matthew 12, 22. Then he brought, his, then he brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. The next uh, miracle that we have here is Jesus fed at least 5,000 people. This is Matthew 14, 15 through 21. 
As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away, so that they can go into the villages by them, and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit onto the grass. Take the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over twenty-one. The numbers of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides the women and the children. So that is like the miracle of miracles. And that's another one of those kind of like the water to the wine that I think are the most talked about of the miracles that Christ performed. So the next one is Jesus healed a woman of Canaan. And we had talked about this um, last night on my show on uh, Fishers of Men last night. So this is a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffered terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying after us. He answered, I sent only the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and she knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yet it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you get up, you have great faith. Your request, is granted, your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. This was a Canaanite woman. And like she just said, you know, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And we, the people, right now, your average Christian, your average person on this earth, we are the dogs that they look at. The elite, the evil that are running this earth, they look at us like dogs. They give us scraps, quite literally. We are a slave society, and we don't even realize this. We are treated no different than the one that God, that Jesus raised from the grave himself. You know, we were lesser than them. Even some of us that have a little bit more finances, we're lesser than the elite. But you know what the reality is? We are the elite. We are the elite because we're the children of God. We have all the riches in this world because we've accepted Christ into our heart, the greatest treasure of the whole world, worth more than silver, worth more than gold, worth more than, than real estate, worth more than anything that the elite has. It's because we have that relationship with God, the treasure of others. So Jesus cured a deaf and a mute man. That's the next miracle. And this is Mark 7, 31 through 37. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and he went through Sidon, or Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region, unto um, a lower region. There are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and he touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, he said, Epatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more he kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He had done something, um, done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So we're seeing a common thing here um, with Jesus telling the people that he performed these miracles on 
not to speak of these miracles. And part of it, I think, you know, was so that he could enter these cities and perform more miracles and, you know, and, and speak to the people. But another part of this, I believe, is the humility of Christ. He doesn't need to brag. He doesn't need, you know, he is kind of a teacher of teaching us through his own actions because we need to be humble. We need to let go of the ego. We don't need to take credit for everything that we do. Sometimes the accomplishment, the things that we do for God, that's the accomplishment enough, whether our names are brought into it or not. We don't need our names in the history. As I said last night, there's only one book that we all need our name in, and that is the book of life. Nothing on this earth really matters. And and I've said this, you know, from the beginning, even before I found Christianity, when I was talking to the patriots that were in this movement, and I said, guys, it doesn't matter that your names are in any book. No one needs to know who did what during this war. No one needs to know where the information came from. They just need to know the information. No one needs to know who led someone to Christ. They just need to be known that they were led to Christ. And this is the importance of having that humility and letting go the ego that our actions are all that need to be remembered. It doesn't, we don't care who created the action, the actions themselves, the, the initiative that we take fighting the spiritual war right now, the fruits that we bear from what we do by spreading the gospel, gospel, that is what is important. It doesn't matter who did it. The importance is the actions that we do right now. And all that matters, the only person I think any of us really want to, to know what we have done is Christ because we want to make our Father proud. And even that, God knows. He knows everything. He knows every move that we make, good or bad, just like he knows every head on our hair, just like he knew us before we were in our own mother's womb. So the next miracle is Jesus fed at least 4,000. This is Matthew 15, 32, 39. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. A few fish or a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit onto the ground. Then he took the seven loaves. You know, I think this is a repeat very similar to what we were just saying earlier. All eight were satisfied. So we have things that are kind of repeated, um, you know, as far as the miracles, but it's a miracle itself. Like I said, even the disciples were asking where. Where do we get this from? Knowing the miracles that Jesus creates. So Jesus, once again, shows the miracles that he can do by feeding large amounts of people. Um, so we have uh, Jesus cured a boy who was plagued by a demon. This is Matthew 17, 14 through 21. Um, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. There we go. So he has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him here to your disciples, but they say um, that you could heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. Now long shall I stay with you? Or how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of this boy. And he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why, could we, um, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then you can say to the mountain, move from me. This word, you know, part of the, the moving the mountains thing. And, and like I said, at this point, I don't think that that's even a metaphor. I think it's literal 
Um, these are just things that we haven't honed. We've been taught our whole lives and it's so more, it's more difficult to unlearn than it is to learn. And we've been told our whole lives that certain things aren't possible. Even our, our Christian families were going, you can't do this. You can't do that. And, you know, after a while of consistently hearing that, um, we believe that we can't do something, which is why it's even more important to teach our kids from the very beginning what we are able to accomplish. Um, reading these scriptures, reading these lessons to God so that our kids don't fall into the same thing. They don't have to spend more time unlearning. They can spend their whole lives learning the true things, the valuable things that matter. And this is one of the reasons that they've removed uh scripture and Christianity, I think from schools in general is because the last thing they want is people talking about Christ. They do not want this. So then the disciples came to Jesus and he asked private, asked um, why um, they, and he said that you have little faith. So small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And we saw this, another example, you know, um, the walking on the water. And at first, you know, People were able to walk on the water until they questioned, wait a minute, how am I walking on the water? Boom. They went into the thing. Like I said, they lost faith in the middle of doing what they were doing. And Christ even said, come out, walk to me. Um, so like I said, it's as even us, you know, the faith that we have, we just need to have more and more and more faith as we go and just truly believe in our hearts. And I know most of you, if not all of you do, the reason that we're staying so calm right now is because of the faith that we have in God. Um, one thing right now, and I said it earlier, that keeps me so comfortable during these times of chaos, we could all be stressing out. We could be feared right now because of talks of war, World War III, um, alien invasions and everything else that they're trying to shove down our throat. But because of our faith, we believe in God. And God promised us that the war was already won. And that faith right there is what's getting us through these times where we're staying calm is because we truly have that faith. And it's a lot easier walking through these times right now, knowing that this war is already won. Because when God makes a promise, he fulfills that promise. And we can guarantee that even down to the things sometimes where we're just, we can't see it. We're like, it's hard to see through the chaos, but we all come back around and we know that this war is already won. So we can just relax, walk into this war, do what we need to do, keep on spreading that gospel with um, a lot of faith. And this is one of the beautiful things about being able to come together is because some days we do, we wake up and, and we have a harder time um, having that faith because the devil tries to work in our lives and he puts doubt into our head. But I've seen this throughout some of the greatest preachers that I know where they've had that one day or two where they've just lacked their faith, but ultimately they end up having more faith afterwards. And we all go through this. And this is one of the beautiful things about all of us coming together. The unity that I speak of every night is because we're not all having those, those days of lack of faith, those weak days all at one time. We have them, you know, a few here and a few there while the rest of us are having those strong days. And we just reach down and we lift that person right back up so they can get back into this game, right back into this war. So, um, we go down to the next one. So Jesus cured a man of dropsy. This is Luke 14, one through four. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Then in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on a Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then we have Jesus curing the lepers or cleanse the lepers. This is Luke 17, 11 through 19. 
Now on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. They were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was the Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And I love this story too. We actually did a whole episode of Brothers in the Bible about this particular verse right here. Because the question was, of the 10 people, only one of them came back and recognized Christ for the miracle that he had created. The other nine did not. And that is why Jesus said to rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The rest of them should have you know, appreciated the, the miracle that would have been performed. Like I said, one out of the 10 people came back and thanked Jesus, which is why I find it so important, you know, that within our prayers, as much as we ask of Jesus, we need to thank Jesus as much as well for all that he brings to in our lives. And many things we take so for granted because we get used to it. We get used to waking up every day. We get used to talking to our girlfriends or boyfriends. We get used to hugging our moms, petting our dogs. But those are still miracles in themselves because God said that you could, you were promised today. But I'm not, but you know, tomorrow was not promised to us. The fact that we even wake up tomorrow is a miracle. And our day started off with a miracle, which is why I find it important to thank God every day for the things that we recognize and those things that we've taken for granted over our lives. So the next one we know well, which is Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This is John 11, 1 through 46. So now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same word perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And back when I read that originally, I thought that was Mary Magdalene. I didn't realize how many Marys um, were separate in Scripture. And there's at least three or four that I know of. But yeah, this wasn't Mary Magdalene, although I did thought it, I thought it was at first. But this is where I said, you go to the Bible and you, you find the same names repeated and you start to figure out... Um, you know, how many people, especially, you know, how common these names were back at that time. So, so the sisters went um, and sent word to Jesus. The Lord, um, one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard this, um, that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days and then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, um, a short while ago, the Jews um, tried to stone you, and yet you were going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by his world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, um, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So then he told them um, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may, um, so that you may believe. 
So uh, Jesus had been speaking, um, or excuse me, speaking of his death. So Lazarus is dead. For you sake them, I am glad that I was not there for you, um, so that you may believe. But let us go to then Thomas, also known as uh, Didmus or Didmus, um, said to the rest of the disciples, "Let us also go, that we may die with him." And this is also a common thing that I'm going to be talking about. John, I believe it was John tomorrow, who said that he dies every day. On his arrival, Jesus found the lad had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had thought to um, Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will. I know he will rise again and the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of life. The one um, who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into this world after um, she said this. She went back and she called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and she went to him. So now Jesus um, um, had not yet entered the village, but was still, he had not entered the village, but was still uh, at that place where Martha had met or with him originally. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting us how quickly she got up and she went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus saw her weeping. And the Jews who had come along with her were also weeping. Um, he was deeply moved and spiritual troubled. Um, where have you laid him? He asked. Come see the Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, um, see how um, he loved him. And Jesus did love Lazarus. So um, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, so to see how much he loved him. But some of them said, um, could not um, he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So still many lack that faith of the, of the miracles that Jesus could perform. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But the Lord said to Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Then I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus took up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said that this before the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes, the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen that what Jesus had done believed in him. 
but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them that what Jesus had done. So once again, this spread, and that was one of the great miracles. And I love this story as well, because it kind of gets into where we were going, believing in the father, believing in Jesus Christ, accepting him to our heart gives us that same eternal life that he was telling them have faith. So there's a lot more of this that I could go into, but we are um, running out of time at this point. Um, so I'll just kind of run through and, and, and just tell you some of the other ones that I had um, lined up here. Jesus called the, the caused the frig, the fig tree to uh, wither Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Jesus restored the high priest servant Luke 22, 50 through 51. Jesus rose from the dead Luke 24, five through eight. And I think that was pretty, that was definitely a miracle. Jesus rising from the dead. The second great hall of fishes, so that was John 21, 1 through 14. And uh, those are just some of the miracles that are mentioned in scripture. And like I said, that was a lot. There was no way I could have done that in 30 minutes um, for bended knee. And it took me uh, about an hour to do it here. But that's the beauty. So many miracles, so many reasons to believe in Christ. And he proved over and over again what he was capable of. And many then, even knowing and seeing these miracles, didn't have that faith. But we do, just reading and hearing about these miracles. And we're seeing miracles performed every single day. And I know that it's hard to see these miracles sometimes through the chaos. But right now, just alone, we're watching one of the greatest um revivals that seems to be getting bigger and bigger every single day um, that goes by. So these are just some of the places right now where revivals are breaking out. And I was actually told by Conley earlier that one happened over here at Texas A&M starting last night. So we have Ashbury, we have the ramp, um, Jackson, Georgia high school, um, Cedarville university in Ohio, Ohio Christian university, Lee university in Tennessee, Bethel in Austin, Texas, Park Hill, Missouri, Indiana, Wesleyan university, the Gate, Charlotte, North Carolina, Kingsway in Birmingham, Alabama, Kingdom of Water of Waterville, Maine, Israel, Uganda, University of Kentucky, EKU or Eastern Kentucky, KCU, Kentucky Christian, Christ for the Nations, Dallas, Texas. These are just some of the revivals that are taking place. Um, this is just over the last couple of weeks. So once again, Although Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the entire world, it's the fastest growing religion in the entire world still, regardless of the persecution, what's going on. And we're seeing a revival. What Bards is doing with the Bards Fest, their own revivals. We may have um, three or four of them this year, and I'm looking forward to him narrowing down those dates, and I know all of you are as well. So we are seeing something beautiful, even amongst the chaos. And as long as we keep our eyes focused on God, as long as we never lose our faith, as long as we keep our armor mended, we're going to get through this just fine. And like I said, worst case scenario, we're removed from this earth and we get to go home to our heavenly father a little bit early. You know, um, we may be here until the time that the Lord Almighty comes back to take us all home himself. But just like Scott says, and I back him up this 100%, I want to be here working and serving our heavenly father until the very last moment. So if Jesus was to come down and be like, guys, I'm coming to pick you up in 10 minutes. Just like Scott says, I will see you in nine minutes and 59 seconds. And I will be working until that. I, I head home with you, father almighty. And this is a beautiful thing, guys. We have this fortunate to have woken up already to help others wake up and never forget. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, God has given us all a special skill, a special talent that he needs right now in this war, and we need to utilize it. In my opinion, I know this isn't technically a sin, but in my opinion, it is. 
the worst, one of the worst sins I think you could do is God giving you a mission, giving you skills and ability, and you letting your hands go idle and not utilizing what God gave you. God has, has watched over all of us. And I tell you, these are gifts that he has handed to us all for the war that we are going to be heading into um, coming in the future. It's getting worse and worse and worse. At least the physical war is becoming more apparent to the people. And we may see one of these, these events that only God can produce that brings people to their knees at that last moment, reaching out to God. But sadly, we're also going to lose some of the Christians that we have now whose hearts turn cold by all the chaos that's going on because they they get caught up in what God warned them not to get caught up in. You know, our job right now is to help people maintain their faith and help others find their faith. So everybody, we're going to end in a little bit of prayer. we got a couple of minutes left. Um, so if everybody would please bow their heads and we will do a little bit of spiritual warfare, as Scott would say. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for another day. I want to thank you for all the beautiful gifts that you have granted to us. I want to thank you for all the things that we recognize and all those things we take for granted. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this extra day. And dear Lord, if so be it fit, give us another day tomorrow and we will utilize our time wisely. Dear Lord, let us make every second count on this earth in your name. Let us not worry about what we need, but trust that you will bring us what we need. Never let us let the government put us into fear about starvation about not having a house over our head. Heavenly Father, you provide us with everything that we need, and we need to maintain that faith through everything that we're walking into. There's going to come a day where we're faced with a choice of taking the chip or not taking the chip, the mark of the beast, dear Lord. Give us all the strength to have that faith in you to know that the moment we say no, I will not be part of your system, that you will take care of us from that moment on. We may not be able to, to be fed in, in the system's way, but dear Lord, you will provide the food. You will provide the shelter. You will provide the water and you will provide the community that we need. And we trust in that heavenly father. So thank you. Thank you for, for the sacrifice that you made for us, dear Lord, so that we had to get into heaven. Heavenly father, I, I thank you for that more every day because I spent most of my life as a sinner. I didn't harm others, but I was very self-destructive. But you brought me away from that, dear Lord. You sent an angel into my life to bring me out of the life that I used to live and bring me into the life that I live right now. And Heavenly Father, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We're all sinners. But I thank you for allowing us to, to repent for our sins and listening as you forgive us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. And I make you that promise. I will make effort every single day to better myself and to help better others, dear Lord, not through my words, not through judgment, but through our actions. Heavenly Father, you are the one that are going to bring judgment onto this world. And I ask during this time that you bring calmness over us. You bring that love. You ask us to even love our enemies, dear Lord. You don't have to love what they do but to love the person themselves. And just like Paul, Heavenly Father, which I think is one of the greatest examples of bringing someone who wasn't righteous, brought them to being one of your greatest soldiers. Dear Lord, many of us fall into that same category because you gave us that chance for redemption and eternal life. The moment that we asked you into our hearts, dear Lord, you gave us that opportunity. Just like you didn't back out on Paul, Paul ended up being one of your greatest soldiers, dear Lord, and let us be the same. Let us utilize every moment that we have here to do what you need us to do, to focus on what you need us to do, to fight this great war, dear Lord, but to stand by one another, never dividing amongst each other, dear Lord, because we are bound together by your blood. There is no greater bond than that. Even family, this is real family, dear Lord. So thank you for bringing all these wonderful people 
brought into my life um, so that I can learn from them as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the chores and the missions that you give us. And I ask you, Lord, every night that you please let us speak your will, not our own, dear Lord. Don't let us deceive people by accident. Don't let us mislead people by accident, dear Lord. Let us speak your words, your will, dear Lord, so that they can find the same salvation that we are reaching for every day and that we found the moment we accepted you into our hearts. Heavenly Father, we love you so much with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Family, once again, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you are. We come together, we have our small disagreements, but we get over it because we are God's children. And we want to see everything the same way. Your favorite color may be red, my favorite color may be green, but it doesn't make a difference because we are still the children of our, our Lord Almighty. So we need to let go. Let go of the 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 petty things that we argue about. Let go of the grudges, dear Lord, because those grudges hang on to us and they have us move in the wrong direction. Dear Lord, we need to let all of that go and bring you into our souls, you into our hearts, dear Lord, so that we're doing your work. And I feel privileged to be part of this family. Um, guys, you are all amazing. Like I said, we are here to lift each other up. The prayers that go out. And I also ask real quick, and I forgot to pray about this. Um, Hi, Vistas and Devo. Um, you guys know them. They are longtime viewers um, and of all of our shows, uh, Scott shows for years and years and years. Well, Hi, Vistas is very ill right now. She's had 103 degree temperature for the last couple of days. Um, Devo um, Prosser reached out to me earlier and just asked me to, to pray for him, which I have multiple times today. And I ask that you guys do the same. He feels terrible right now because there's nothing worse, honestly, than having someone that you love and not being able to do anything for him. And he's just sitting here, watch her get sicker and sicker. She is going to the doctor tomorrow. She will be getting some blood tests. So I just ask all of you, just like we do every night with everyone here in this family, reach out to him with love, reach out to him with prayer. And I will definitely send a text to them when I get out done with this show, telling them that you guys send their love to them and you send their prayers. And it's amazing the power of prayer and the power of just genuine love, especially for the family. So I thank you guys for, for doing that because I know that you absolutely will. But once again, I want to thank you for accepting me um, while Scott's gone. He will be gone throughout the week. I think he'll be running a Bards FM tomorrow. If not, I'll be running that show more than likely hosting um, Fishers of Men for the rest of the week as well as Bended Knee. And don't forget, guys. Um, um, we're going to be bringing a uh, punky on, on Thursday and oh, I see Everin here and Everin, I'm going to put you on the spot, brother. If you would like to join me on Fishers of Men tomorrow evening, open invitation. I would absolutely love to have you. And I know that a lot of people would love to hear from you again. So guys, thank you so much for joining, um, this Fishers of Men and, and accepting me guys. Cause I know like we love to hear Scott. I love to hear Scott myself. But I'm also thankful for the opportunity just to be able to spend a little bit more time with all of you guys. And I love you truly, sincerely from my heart. And as I said before, I am not a biblical scholar. I am not a theologian of all scripture. I'm just a man on his journey who wants you to be part of it, to bring you along with the journey as we walk down this path together, as I get inspired from what you guys teach me. And hopefully, guys, what I'm learning, I'm helping you guys out a little bit too. But if anything else, I'm just going to keep preaching the love, the prayers, and the unity that we all need to have. That being said, guys, I love you very, very much. Have a beautiful evening. I'm going to do about 30 minutes of music for you all just to kind of wind down the evening. And God bless.
And it's the glory A hundred stripes, a hundred stories It's the Pledge of Allegiance on the 4th of July It's them hanging letters from home It's them sleepless nights alone It's his newborn baby he left with his wife Mr. Red and Blue
Time it was you that I adored. Check the miles and go. I'll be on my way back to the place that I know I'll always be. And I'll be coming home on my way back to the place that I know I'll always be. Maybe I was fooling myself, playing this game, and never really about wealth. Wanted the fame. Everything is meant to be. It's gotta be true. 'Cause anything that happened to me could happen to you. And even when it's out of my hands, it's gotta be planned. A whole lot of things in this life we don't understand. Broke a lot of hearts that I never meant to break. Took a lot of liberties I never meant to take. Said a lot of things that I wish I wouldn't have said. Did a lot of things that I did and checked my head. But every time I lost my way, I made it back. Played a whole lot of games. I went on the attack, and then I finally arrived at a place that I could be me. Saying what I wanted to say. I'm finally free. Ready. For whatever will come, I'm letting you know that everything you wanted from me, I'm letting it go. Check the miles and go. I'm doing what I said I would do. I'm using my voice. Let me leave a note to my kids, letting them know that they will always be in my heart and be in my soul. To love one another, no matter what life will throw. To trust one another for life. Together we grow. And when I'm not around anymore, remember my name. Remember that I love each of you. It's always the same. I'm happy for the days that we've had. Life is sublime for you. I would do anything, anytime. Check the miles and go. I'll be on my Be 
We walked in a garden, ate from a tree, fell from a world, failed to believe, told of a lie we couldn't see, sent on a quest to return and be free. It's been a while, it could be brief. I've been a sinner and a liar and a thief. I've never met another wonder like thee. See? I'm grateful that he when came When I was a kid, me. someone told me I was living in a world that I would never be able to see. Never thought much of it. Found it in the back of my subconscious. Proceeded to be living in a dream. Started down a journey when life was anything but ordinary. And the scariness of living on the edge. Came to become more than my reality. And in eventuality, my days were getting close to the ledge. Now you might be offended by the terminology that I be using. But I use it with intention to be real. I would never tell another person what to think and how to live their life according to the way I want to feel. Yeah. You've got free will. Use it if you want to. Got red pills. I sure took a lot of them. The rabbit hole's deep. It doesn't have a bottom. If you wanna take a leap, then you better hit the throttle. Not the bottle of the weed or the cane or the speed or the psychedelic elements that everybody needs. If you're looking for the truth, it ain't coming in the pipe. Hoping that'll calm you down, thinking that'll make you right. They will call me hypocritical, but that's what I expect. I had to live the life I had to live to be corrected and live to tell a tale that I almost never told. The enemy is hoping that your soul will be sold. We walked in a garden, ate from a tree, fell from a world, failed to believe, told of a lie. We couldn't be sent on a quest to return and be free it's been a while it could be brief i've been a sinner and a liar and a thief i've never met another wonder like thee see i'm grateful that he, he did told me that the me. money was a system that they made it didn't matter what we did they all pain and even though we couldn't see the prison of the chains that we were all slaves and history remains distracted by the movies and the sports and the games i thought that he was crazy i still wanted fame just tell me what to write and i will put it on a beat could have should have but i didn't then i hit him with the heat ran away from my family a little black sheep that would build a wall around him and never get to sleep even when i went to high school they thought i was a geek making fights getting high and suspended for a week i was chilling with the drugs and the thugs on the street wasn't looking for the love i was looking for the freaks what's the point of even living when you feeling like a fake way before social media was ever gonna break way before all the clones and the drones and posts and the malones and the clicks and the likes and comments and the phones and the tricks and the mics we rocked them to the bones till we bled from the nose and dropped them to the groans every time i'm looking back into an hourglass reminiscing about a life i used to live this in the past i'm alive i thank god for the trials i'm glad that it wasn't all smiles we walked in a garden ate from a tree fell from a world failed to believe told of a lie we couldn't see sent on a quest to return and be free it's been a while it could be brief I've been a sinner and a liar and a thief I've never met another wonder like thee See, I'm grateful that he came for me Told me it'll be a while in the world that would change And people will go crazy and things will be strange And we will be divided and live in disarray Society will worry about what everybody say And there will be the voices we're hearing on the news A lot of us will try to figure out what to choose Get easily offended, society collapsed Community upended, sobriety relapsed And fighting over everything and hating to the max With families on the brink and everything is taxed The budget will be shrinking, the rules never lax We feeling like it's all coming down on our backs He said it will be tested, God's got a plan So never put your faith in the works of a man it doesn't make a difference if i didn't understand my perception is limited and life is too grand and a lot of people love to tell you everything is perfect but i gotta tell the truth because i know that that's a lie the only thing i've ever come to realize that matters is the one and only truth that we all gonna die surrender to the love and i believe in with my everything and there will come a day when i'll be looking to the sky the lord will return with the legion of light so i pledge to the one most high we walked in a garden ate from a tree fell from a world failed to believe 
told of a lie we couldn't see. Sent on a quest to return and be free. It's been a while, it could be brief. I've been a sinner and a liar and a thief. I've never met another wonder like thee. See, I'm grateful that he came for me. Yeah, that's right. Better believe it. I'm grateful that he came for me. For you, for us, and for me, for me. I'm grateful that he came for me. All right, family, I'm going to do one more song here. i got an early day. i got to be up at 5 o'clock, so just a couple more hours. Uh, got to make sure that I get an appointment done before we do Bend the Knee tomorrow. So I'm going to end with a little bit of Struggle Jennings. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, babe, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming, cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force, forcing us to sit and wait. Till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood, till I see the golden gates. Troubadour and troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass, till we see the servants. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with liars and abusers. One day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. I know the truth is hard to swallow, just digest it. Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news, or we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed, blind, not a sheep. Only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. Rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. Uh, drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome our position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's hard, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come. Need 
I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight for this Fishers of Men. We'll be back tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. Guys, get love spending this time with you. Have a beautiful night. Get some rest, as much rest as you can, guys. Keep calm because we know how this ends, and that is God wins. Rest assured in that. He has never, ever made a promise that he is not fulfilled. But I love you all very, very much. I will see you tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon at Bended Knee, and I hope to see you all there. Love you all, and God bless. <laughs>